welcome to What the Hell. Uh, today we're going to talk to Troy Warshell uh, about Operation uh, Enduring Warrior. Now, I got to say that your last name, yeah, that's a military name. I've been thinking about <laughs> yeah. that in te- once I saw your uh, business card when we were at the Totally Archery Challenge. And that's how we met. We have met at the Totally Archery Challenge where uh, you're, you're doing the sponsorship for your organization there. And uh, go ahead and tell us a lot about your organization. Well, thanks, Dave. Really appreciate you having me on. Uh, Operation Enduring Warrior uh, is a is a 501c3, and our mission is to honor, empower, and motivate our nation's wounded veterans, law enforcement officers, and now fire service through their emotional, mental, and physical recovery from their injuries. And it's uh, you know we do that in a number of ways, and typically it's getting people out and getting them moving again. Uh, we, you know, we, our bread and butter in the past has typically been obstacle course races, uh, you know, give people a challenge on what's, you know, how did, how do you do things differently? Uh, you may not be able to do them the same way you used to be able to do it, but you can still do a lot more than, than, uh, folks probably give themselves credit for. So we were able to, to get people out, get them moving and, and see them, uh, see them through their recovery. And, you know, like I said, we started out as an obstacle course race primarily as our as our tool, but then we've since expanded. So we have, uh, you know, adventure program. We go out, we're working on, uh, you know, camping. Uh, we have, again, like you mentioned, the the archery program, something that's a little bit under a year old, but is one of our pro- probably our most popular program at this point, uh, just because it gives veterans some tools to be able to to overcome their challenges, to to be present in the moment. Uh, because I know, as you can attest, if you want to be good at uh, slinging arrows downrange, it takes 100% concentration uh, to be able to. It get does, there. and it also takes a lot of. Because uh, I hadn't, I've done like recurve most of my life, okay. and, and I got in the compound. Total. I mean, the muscles right here and right here. That's that's the only thing that hurt. <laughs> yeah, and it's starting out and everything like that, but. Uh, you actually have one archer in there that I was talking to. Uh, he's uh, one arm. He got hit by a drunk driver, and he got bored. I guess he got just got bored, and he's like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna sling arrows." And he was where I was uh, listening to the uh, uh, Free Range America podcast, and he's like, "Yeah, I almost hurt my neck, get, uh, my neck getting ready towards that tournament because I was using my mouth to yeah. uh, shoot arrows." And he is unbelievably good. Oh, he is. That's uh, that's John Lopez. Uh, in yeah. fact, he's one of my my classmates that went through uh, the indoc process with me. Okay, we talk about that in a bit. But uh, yeah, he uh, he is one of our uh, most prolific great idea guys, and has you know I think talking with him and and one other guy, they were, this the whole archery program was their was their baby and and really pushed it forward and. I'll tell you, you watch Lopez shoot, you know, somebody that's, that's got one arm, you know, he, he holds a, uh, he pulls a 90 pound bow with his teeth <sighs> and just... yeah, I'm, his dentist has got to be just, you know, waiting yeah. for him to come in, <laughs> Yeah, but that... he's, he's actually getting ready to, uh, to try and qualify for the Paralympics. He's yeah. going to go as uh... a. That's that's what we were talking about when uh, he uh, he was uh, he was there at Totally Archer when we were at the uh, BRCC uh, uh, charity auction, right? And yeah, and it's 
it's amazing. He is, uh, you know, he's, he's a funny guy, but he's got such a great heart and, you know, you, you watch him, you know, you watch him concentrate and shoot and he, he laughs and jokes about everything else, but man, I'll tell you, you get to, you put a bow in his hand and you watch him become serious really fast. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's just an honor to be able to, to be out on the course with him and shoot and, and just have a good time. Yeah. That's another, uh, amazing thing that every time I look at, uh, stuff like this, it's the basic fact of how horrible my life is. And I, I see something like that and I was like, he's pulling up, man, I am just worthless. <laughs> what? I can't even compete on that kind of, and he, and he's so good just with one arm and I'm trying to. I have both arms. I'm trying everything. I'm like, man. But yeah. There, there's a lot yeah. of people that actually uh, doing this stuff that it's just, it's, it's amazing what they're overcoming and you're still stuck in like, and you have everything going for you and you're still not even getting on par with them. Yeah. I mean, I think you, you look at, uh, at what those guys are able to, to overcome and achieve. And then, you know, you, you, when you wake up in the morning, you think, Oh, my knee hurts or my neck hurts or my back hurts. Just, you look at that. You're like, all right, it's time for me to shut up and get, get going. Exactly. I've, I've had several people come up to me and, uh, uh, depending on, you know, what person's life ends up having a bad day that day. They're like, Oh, I, my elbow hurts really bad. I don't know if I can go to work. There's a guy that doesn't have an arm that's shooting a bow with his teeth, and you're telling me that your elbow hurts and you can't really go. That yeah. Hey, you have an elbow, so yeah, get up and go to work. Exactly. But uh, what other what other events? Because you had an event uh, uh, this weekend that you said you were doing, right? Right. So we uh, we have a process to make masked athletes and uh, if you've had an opportunity to look at our website the mass athlete team are a group of individuals who who really go through a lot of training uh, a lot of conditioning and and our job is to get our honorees through whatever event they want to do safely and i mean that goes all the way from an archery shoot to you know a spartan beast or you know some of those events and we take people through that uh you know single double triple amputees and you know we're we're charged with making sure they do it safely so to do that you can imagine there's a there's a pretty decent physical component to that there's a big mental component to that and then you know how we evaluate the folks that uh that want to become mass athletes is there's a you know a three-part process and part of it is now, do you understand what the organization is about? Can you do some fundraising? Can you, you know, can you think clearly about, you know, somebody comes up to you on a course and asks you a question, you know, can you, can you at can least you form a coherent your... sentence? Yeah. yeah. And then obviously there's the physical part and that's what we tested this weekend. Uh, you know, we won't talk about the the secret sauce, but, you know, suffice it to say it's, uh, it's a pretty challenging, uh, pretty challenging physical event. Uh, that we go that we do over the course of a weekend and it's all designed to to make sure that somebody is not going to quit on that honoree in the middle of a race course and you know you're you're mentally and physically capable of doing that i don't see how they can quit i mean honestly if if i was standing there and everything 
I mean, you'd you'd have to just look at the world in a different aspect because I would just I would just keep I was like uh, that was alarm that I forgot to I'm sorry <laughs> but sorry. I would, but I was uh, when I was doing the archery uh, a guy was like hey can you come with me and because uh, I'm all alone and he had like he gotten shot really bad and he had a big uh, leg I guess it was a leg brace. Mm-hmm. It was his whole leg, and we went through the whole thing. We were both tired afterwards, but mm-hmm. it was that John Dudley uh, course that really broke us. Right, right. But I mean, if I quit, if I if I just like halfway through one of the courses, and I was just like, eh, I can't do this. But I'm seeing a man that has a bum leg moving around more mm-hmm. than I am. You just got to be a special kind of loser to actually just look at that and go, no, I'm going to quit. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, you know, I think helping the honorees out is really a a key motivator. But, you know, for the for the physical portion, I mean, if you can imagine, you know, in a in a uniform gas mask, everything else, and it's one hundred and five degrees out and you've got to get folks in a wheelchair through a over a rough course. It uh, it can be pretty trying, especially when you're in that mask eight nine hours, and uh, yeah, I, yeah. I mean you got to be able to to continue to push on and can't stop, and that's that's kind of the thing that we're we're trying to stress to these guys that you know the these folks their loved ones are are trusting them in our care, and we you've got to be you know mentally and physically strong enough not only to make it through the course but to be alert and make sure that your honoree is doing all right that they're not having any problems uh be strong enough to to make sure that you can get yourself and them safely through the course so it's it's a big physical fitness commitment and you know it's uh it's a bit of a labor of love you know for old old guys like me it gives me an excuse to try and stay in shape but it's uh you know it, it it is really challenging and it's Part of it is we're testing that that mental fortitude of these folks. Do you really want to be here? Because why are you? Why am I going to put myself through a bunch of abuse if all I want is the the fame and glory of it? Because we we pride ourselves on being silent professionals. Yeah. And uh, you know if you're in it for you, that's the wrong reason, and I don't want you here. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, to the point of uh, I was like I did honor flight uh, two years ago, and. Uh, Basically, all that is is it, it, it. You get veterans; they're going to Washington D.C. They're seeing the memorials, and most of these people are uh, like in a wheelchair. They're decrepit right. from like World War II to Korea right. or stuff like that. And me being a military veteran from Operation During Freedom, I I didn't think of it. And when you go through it, and you see the fanfare of hey. This is uh, we we care about you. We we do yep. this for you and everything. And I was like, okay, now I understand. Sure. I, I just I just didn't understand. I was like, I even went into the thing. I was like, listen, I'll go and I'll help you guys out. No big deal. But I I don't feel the I, I probably won't feel the emotional stuff that everybody else is getting. And and I did. I I, I teared up a little bit when we we're going coming home and everything. And my my dad, that was uh, a Vietnam vet, he was like, I I can't believe that I, this is they did this. I mean, it wasn't just like a couple of people; it was like a a, 
a walkway and they had like fire uh f when we landed in washington dc they had fire uh fire trucks uh shooting their uh water and everything oh, shooting water cannons yeah wow. <clears throat> yeah it it i mean and it's free to enter every veteran mm -hmm. i mean i had to pay like six hundred dollars uh it's basically like a surcharge to get all the stuff and everything like that but sure it's it's something you can do to the appreciation people that especially like the forgotten war of uh korean war oh absolutely and it's it's just a show our thanks and everything even the people that actually served that want to show their thanks to the people that served before them yeah yeah i mean i think uh you know we all when you get out of the service you sort of lose that family bond that you've been you know that that group of that brotherhood that uh that bit of family and you know we've for for me especially i know that's true and i think for others uh, you find that oew becomes that family again you know it gives people you know obviously you know military veterans we've got that dark gallows humor and you know the way we talk to each other doesn't really go over well in the civilian world i get looks yeah i mean i get like death looks like why are you even existing at times yeah oh yeah i mean things come out of your mouth that you wouldn't think about and then you you sort of look around at the at the civilian population that's standing around you with their mouth hanging open just completely shocked that this comes out of your mouth you're like what this was this is normal but i guess you know in in other circles it's not normal and yeah uh, yeah you know, so you kind of have to be on guard and we find that you know you bring people in and you you know you let them be that person that they were and uh you know that it just unbelievable the the change that comes about them you know we had one guy who was a uh, a vietnam veteran and got him started and uh, he said uh, one something that really struck home for me. He said, "Until I found this organization, I never felt like I was part of anything again, or or felt like I was home." He said, "This this to me is my welcome home. This is my family. These are the folks that I feel comfortable around." And just to watch him come out of his shell and uh, you know and and really blossom into the person that he probably has been all his life, but just kind of felt like he wasn't, uh, he wasn't able to be himself. So, I mean, things like that are, are just unbelievable. And you, you know, you'll watch, a especially an injured veteran or law enforcement officer, you, uh, you watch him accomplish a goal. And, you know, we always tease as part of the, the masked athlete team. I'm glad my, my gas mask is blacked out because I don't know how many times I've been standing watching somebody accomplish a goal that they never thought they'd do again. And tears are just rolling down my face and, yeah. you know, Oh my gosh, how, how could you be more? I mean, at that point, I think I'm getting as much out of it as they do. You know, I'm just so proud for them and so happy and, you know, to watch them come down and a big smile on their face. And man, it just, uh, it's really heartwarming. It really is. Not gonna lie. You gave me a little goosebumps on that one. <laughs> I felt it. Oh yeah, I'll tell you what. Come out and uh, come out and do some events with us. You, you're uh, you'll be amazed at how motivating it is. Oh, I, I can imagine. Now, uh, this is Johnny. Uh, he he's the guy that I had like five minutes in into this getting uh, tell him to get here. But sorry, Johnny. Pre I appreciate you, you know, jumping through some hoops to get here. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> 
Yeah, you know, you, you know it's going to be a good morning when the first text message is not from your girlfriend, but from this guy right here. So <laughs> I'm cute and adorable. So yeah, I now, can how, see that. How did how did this whole thing get started? So it uh, it started back in 2013. Uh, a group of folks that uh, that wanted to do something uh, to give back got together and formed the organization, and uh, you know it was the core core membership uh, in fact one of the guys is still our our ceo uh walt romano amazing human being uh you know he and a few others were the genesis of this uh this was back when the old walter reed was was in full swing people were you know everybody coming back from the war with with injuries and you know they wanted to, to give back and do something uh you know originally it was all about veterans that was the group that they were focusing on they were all veterans and uh and got together and, and formed this concept and, and really pushed it forward you know fast forward a little bit as the organization starts to grow and and uh you know trying to to serve the our uh, our target audience and population and you know more mass athletes a uh, little bit larger structure pulling in more volunteers uh, our volunteers we call them operation operation enduring warrior community ambassadors or ocas and that's our our volunteer structure and you know quite frankly they're the bread and butter that uh that make this organization work they're the a lot of the driving force behind what we're able to do just from a grassroots standpoint and you know it's great to be able to to bring them into the family and and really be part of this and we we continue to grow you know we've uh i think we probably have over 150 ish very active volunteers uh you know Going from a, a core group of six who had a great idea to, you know, probably upwards of 200 people that are, I mean, full-time active in the organization, maybe 1,500 people that are tangentially uh, associated with or or active in the organization from time to time. So, you know, from, from a small group with a good idea to to where we are now, it's been a big big change and a and a wild ride. Yeah, we uh, I've got. Uh, I'm associated. I'm, I'm the vice commander for my uh, local American Legion post out here, and uh, so I, I came up with this really awesome idea of uh, starting a, a ruck chapter here. Okay. So you know, I, I kind of understand the mission there, and and I and that's it's kind of become like a passion project of mine out here as well. And uh, a few of our guys, um, uh, my other vice commander, he he. He helps head up the rucking program out here. Um, he got turned on and, and associated with uh, uh, Enduring Warrior as well, um, along with um, uh, his wife and uh, one of the female members of our of our post. She's pretty active in our rucking program as well. So, I, I mean, when they came to uh, when they brought this to the table, I, I just I immediately got behind it. 100% because, um, you know, and, and, and like, like you had said earlier, uh, it, just being able to see people do things that they never thought that they'd be able to do again, I mean, that, that not only is it, is it heartwarming, but I mean, it, it's, it's motivating as well because I mean, you see these uh, men and women, they come home and I mean, their bodies have just been ripped up right. and you know, or even law enforcement, uh, there, there's a, a, a police officer, he's uh, he's very active on TikTok. He 
he got shot in the arm and uh, it did a lot of nerve damage. He didn't have a, a right. lot of use in his hand. And now you see him posting these videos where he's like grabbing pencils and he's actually writing his name again. And he, I mean, it, 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 it humanizes not only the badge, but it, it really kind of brings, for me at least, it brings forward that, that human element behind the uniform and, and behind the job. Right. Uh, you know, and it's 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 these men and women who who dedicated their lives. I mean, the 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 some would say just I mean, the just the best years of their youth to defending an ideal to defending whether it's their community or defending their country. And, you know, they're they're sacrificing so much. And, you know, like you said earlier, it's it. Yeah, I mean, it's it brings tears to your eyes, and 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 it's really motivating. I mean, especially for guys like myself, um, I draw sixty percent disability from from my time on active duty, and so it just being able to, as an individual who does those you know those types of activities, it really it really puts me in a position where I have to push myself, and when I accomplish those things, like I was in the infantry, so. It's been years since I've I've done a, like a ten or twelve mile ruck march, you know. So right. I mean, when when I'm able to finish that, and and I feel that all also familiar feeling on my feet, you know, those blisters or you know just the sore legs or whatever. Yep. But the fact that I completed it, it to me, I'm mean, I'm like you know it, it kind of gives me that second wind afterwards. But being able to see these young men and women who have shut themselves off and and closed out that portion of their lives because they didn't think that they they could do the things they used to anymore and just seeing the satisfaction that they get from that it's i mean it's a it is it's an absolutely amazing feeling and it's something that you really you really want to be able to hang your hat on that and and just walk away with just like this overwhelming sense of pride and accomplishment knowing that you know we were able to, to 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 help make that happen for them, and I think that that's the biggest takeaway for me. I mean, they say that there's no such thing as a selfless act anymore because I mean everybody gets something out of it always, but sure. Uh, and and it's it's not the notoriety or anything like that. I don't I don't do it for any kind of like celebrity or anything. It's for me. I'm I'm just trying because I look at our our law enforcement and our veteran community as a national resource because we have that unique perspective on history and right. you know and and i had given i had made a uh, we had a memorial ruck for for an airman that had committed suicide out here and afterwards we uh, we had a guy from uh, uh i think it was rally project he was kind of given this this wrap-up speech and then he looks at me and i'm like okay why are you looking at me? And he goes, sure, this gentleman over here has got something pretty pertinent to say. And I'm like, do I come across as the kind of guy that looks like he has something, you know, <laughs> you know, contributive to say? But, you know, I, I just, I, I the, the, those all important, that all important string of words that to caveat of what he said kind of a thing. And, and you hear almost every enlisted man in the area, you know, that was in attendance that day. They were kind of like, oh, okay, he's one of those guys, right? So, <laughs> but you know, they, they, history is written by the victors, 
And right. I, I told him, I was like, you know, I refuse to be one of those guys that lets our, our, our perspective of history die with us. We have to be able to tell those stories. And when we've got 22 or, you know, that number fluctuates 22 veterans to 20, you know, whether it's veterans or law enforcement or first responders, they're committing suicide and it's a pandemic. I mean, that's right. the truest definition of the word pandemic for me. We have to be able to, to contribute to those annals of history. We have to be able to pass that information along. Um, and, and by giving uh, through projects like yours, through Enduring Warrior and through rucking programs, whether it's a local rucking program or Go Ruck, um, I think that we're giving our community that opportunity to to pass that along. And I, I think it's overall for the for the betterment of of, of our country uh, oh, as a whole. Yeah, to, absolutely. To, yeah, because I mean, you you hear these you see these stories in the news where it's like we're always being demonized, whether it's law enforcement especially law enforcement these days. Um, and and I, I think a lot of the thank you for your service type stuff that's being extended to the veteran community, I think a lot of that is just, uh, it's just fashionable for the most part. I mean, sure. you, you get those people that genuinely, you know, extend that thanks for, you know, hey, thanks for going out there and doing the things that I wasn't willing to do. Um, or you get the other veterans from, from some of the older campaigns that they're like, Hey, young man, young woman, thank you. And, you know, right. like they'll buy a cup of coffee or whatever, but, um, you know, I, I think that, that the overall mission statement uh, of your program is, is it's just, it's, it's amazing. I mean, it, it, it's almost like a no brainer, but at the same time, the fact that, you know, the, these, you know, they, this idea was formed and it was pitched and it was worked and it was brought into something very tangible, I think is, uh, above in a way, just, it's real. I mean, it sets us off term, to the community it is. It's, to it's, actually yeah. grow a little bit. Cause like if, if, a, uh, a person that's never really saw any kind of action or anything like that, they go into this and they start talking to these people of, of how it actually was. They get the sense of what they actually accomplished in their lives. Right. Right. And, and it, it's, I mean, it's challenging because, you know, you guys know as, as veterans and, and as law enforcement officers as well, you have a, a, group of experiences that you've gone through and you put that stuff in a box and you never want to open the box. The problem is the box doesn't like to stay shut and all those, those memories and those emotions and everything come flooding out. So, you know, we, one of the things we try and do is, you know, develop that sense of community and family so that if, you know, if somebody's having a rough day, you know, you can you can get in touch with somebody who understands what you've gone through, who understands what you're feeling. And and it's a, you know, hey, you need to call me and vent. You want to yell at me, scream at me. I, I don't care. But at least if you're alive, you're yelling and screaming at me. Yeah. So, I'm, you know, we can deal with that. Anything else afterwards? I think I've only had one where I had to get it had to get physical. But we, we I, I was like it went physical and nothing like bad. I was like, we prepared. We, I had my gear on and everything like that, and he just beat the crap out of me. And then afterwards, I was like, are you feeling better? He's like, not really. You look like shit. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, when I started the rucking program um, out here, uh, one of my bigger selling points was uh, muscle memory is a hell of a drug. Right. And anytime we introduce or invite somebody, you know, the, either we, anytime we introduce the program to somebody new and we're kind of giving our, our sales pitch there so as to why they should get out of the house is, uh, you know, we don't make people talk about their demons when they come out. And, and it's, a, it's, it's like you said, it's about that sense of community. And as long as they know that, that there's other people that are like them out there, you know, that it's okay, that they know that they don't have to go through that stuff alone. Right. And, you know, the fact that, you know, when you're, you're out there and you get your body doing things that it remembers doing, it, it gives you that safe sense of connection to the past right to where okay now your body's in this mode and your brain's getting used to doing some of these things again but then all of a sudden you realize i'm not out here doing it by myself and this is really happening and i can trust yep. these people because i mean we get out there most of the time and just give each other a bunch of crap oh and exactly yeah. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's like, you know, you can pick on, we can pick on each other, but somebody from the outside picks on us, although it's all hellfire and brimstone, you know? <laughs> so it's like most of the time, I'm usually the only army guy out there. Uh, most, and we got a lot of air force people that are retired out here, obviously, because it's Shepherd air force base. So we get a lot of air force personnel, retired, uh, retired air force. We get uh, a few Marines. Um, you know, of course this year I, uh, total bragging rights because the army navy you know football game and yeah yeah you know, yeah. commander and commander in chief trophy going back home to west point you know so but uh now bring up a sore subject i see how it's gonna be well yeah. i mean yeah. it's not like i cited <laughs> scores or anything 15 to nothing um uh but i mean now to be fair the air force game was a lot closer but still um <laughs> you know? yeah true statement you know, yeah, yeah so i mean we but it's, it's things like that, that really, I think it, it's things like that, that really drive the, these types of programs. And it's that sense of community, that sense of brotherhood. I mean, it, it reignites that esprit de corps. Yeah. And, and it, while it may not be the same sense of camaraderie, I mean, we're not chewing dirt and we're not fighting for that last hundred yards. I mean, in, in a physical sense, as far as geographically, but upstairs i mean mentally and emotionally i mean it's the same fight and that fight never ended yep. no. so you know and, and i tell people all the time that you know just because we took the uniform off doesn't mean that that the oath stopped being valid absolutely so i mean we we train i read an article and i wish to god i i had the bookmark for it still but um you know a lot of guys lose a lot of men and women both that we lose our identities when we come home Yep. We take the uniform off and we're like, okay, I'm not a warrior anymore. What do I do? And it's like, well, you can still identify as a warrior, but you just have to shift this, uh, the focus of your mission. And and essentially, that's that's what that's what we're doing is we're, right. we're we're shifting we're shifting fire from an enemy that's downrange firing back at us to more of a home you know, more of a home front centralized uh, fight, and it's it's. I mean, quite literally, it's a battle of attrition. And yes, it is. Yep. You know, 
it, it, it goes in ebbs and flows, but I, I think overall, as long as we're, you know, as long as we have programs like yours um, out there and things like Rally Project and things like uh, local rucking programs, things of that nature. Sure. That, you know, I think we'll eventually we'll end up coming out on top on that. And will it ever completely go away? Unfortunately, I don't think it will. Because yeah. I mean, there's just going to be those individuals that just don't want to be helped. And yeah. I, to an extent, I can I can identify with those people. But, you know, I mean, the infantryman in me just refuses to walk away from a fight. So, I mean, call it stubborn tenacity. But, you know, that's that's a. Uh, that's not only a genetic thing, because a lot of men in my family served in the military, but, uh, you know, I, I think it's more of a, an ingrained professionalism that, you know, we were each yep. given, you know, mm -hmm. during during the course of our careers. Yeah, I mean, I think it, uh, you know, it, it probably comes from your roots growing up. I knew I knew when I was growing up, I, you know, what an amazing country and why wouldn't I want to give back to it in some way? And for me, that was service, you know, serving yep. the Marine Corps. But then after 20 years, you know, you step out and you take the uniform off and you know, what was, what was your entire life goes away. And now, you know, your, your entire purpose is working a nine to five job where you show up and, you know, do you show up really? Yeah, and you're you're physically there, but are you 100 percent there? Are you putting your heart into it like you like you did your service? Yeah. And that was that was tough for me. I mean, you you talked about, you know, sort of that loss of identity and that, uh, you know, the challenges you faced. And, you know, even me not injured, I I felt that same thing. I was just kind of adrift. I didn't have a purpose. And, you know, it related, you know, how that related to me is, you know, that, you know, a board Troy is not a good Troy. Uh, I yeah. tend to find myself getting into trouble and you know, it <laughs> yeah. was, it was, it was a rough time, quite frankly. I mean that without that sense of identity and who I was and feeling lost, you know, you sort of migrate to those self-destructive behaviors and it really put a strain on my marriage. And, you know, I, I didn't like the person that I was becoming. So I needed to focus, you know, I still had service to give. I still wanted to be part of something bigger than myself. And I found this organization and it became, you know, became that new family and that new home that I, that I've been missing. And I think probably almost to a member, uh, the folks in the organization will tell you that they were, they were searching for something and a way to give back. And, you know, this, this organization became that. So it's, it's really been, you know, for me, a labor of love. And I think a lot of other folks are, are really, you know, they put their heart and soul into it. Uh, you know, I, I hate the word safe space because it's, it's got a, all right. Are we a PG Bad podcast? Are we a PG podcast or is it? No. Bad, no. I guess? Okay. No. So trust, trust me, you have to see the other episodes of me talking about some really weird shit that he's like, Hey son, you can't watch this episode. Yeah. <laughs> and off again. You know, yeah, okay. I mean, so fair yeah, enough. Yeah. Yeah. Safe I mean, I, I, I dropped the F bomb like crazy. So yeah, don't worry about it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, the big uh, safe space is the biggest bunch of bullshit I've ever heard. Yeah. Um, you know, you just got to be able to trust in the, in the people around you. And, you know, you'll find that, you know, somebody opens up and relates their story. And all of a sudden you're like, shit, I, you know, that person's gone through something. I've gone through something similar. You can, you can relate to that and you start sharing stories and you watch, you know, you get a gathering of, of a bunch of folks and then, you know, tears are flowing and, you know, F-bombs are flying and, uh, yeah. you know, all that sort of thing. And you're like, oh, all right, I'm back home. 
you know, I can, I can relax and be myself. So no, I mean, absolutely. You guys are, you guys are spot on and John appreciate uh, what you guys are doing to, to help the community. It's, it's phenomenal to see folks out there with the, with the right mind and, and wanting to serve and still being part of the, still being part of that, that activity. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's challenging. And I mean, veterans, law enforcement officers, I mean, law enforcement officers really have it bad. And I think fire services the same way, you know, as veterans, there's a lot of support that, you know, support resources, you know, people recognize veteran service and things like that. But, you know, we found in the law enforcement community, if somebody's injured or somebody has a hard time, they're, they're looking to get rid of them as soon as they can, because they're just a drain on the, on the books. And you get guys that are, you know, same thing. All of a sudden you've been, you were part of a family for so long. Now you're injured. You're no, no longer useful. Thanks. Have a nice day. You know, good luck with the rest of your life. And, you know, we see specifically the, the pure police officers that are, some of them are coming to the organization. You know, I think they're, uh, they're finding that ability to, to relate to what we're talking about. And, and uh, you know, it's really helps out quite a bit. So we're we're definitely fortunate to have them, and I think the fire service guys are are going to be the same way. We're seeing a lot of the same parallels there with that group of of uh, you know with that community. So it made sense for us to to branch out to them, and how do we you know how do we pull them into the into this family? And I think it's good. That's our our next big challenge is, is figuring out how to you know, how do we include the fire service folks in here. And, you know, it, and it's kind of, you know, it's interesting. You talk about getting out and doing things and moving and, and rocking and you get people that have never put a heavy pack on their back and, and walking around and they're like, well, my, my hands don't work. I can't, you know, I can't close my fingers. Like, all right, come on, here's, here's how we're going to fix that problem. And, yeah. you know, you teach them some different skills and, you know, they understand and, you know, that, that communal suck really helps bring people together. Yeah, um, my, my buddy Mike, uh, the, the guy I mentioned before, uh, he's the other vice commander for my American Legion post. He's retired Air Force, so is his wife. And when I suggested, when I brought up the, when I was pitching the idea of a rucking program, he was like, man, come on, Air Force people don't do that shit. <laughs> and so I got him out there and got him doing it, and I have created an absolute monster. He and his wife are doing all these events. I mean, they are constantly going. And I'm just sitting back going, well, hell, I mean, he's in better shape than I am now. And I'm just like, what the hell is this? You know, so, <laughs> you know, it's like I got to step my game up. But, you know, and it's like, but it, at the same time, you just kind of sit back and, you, you know, you, you can't help but feel a little bit of pride because, you know, you're just like, gave this dude something new to do. And he just ran with it. And yeah. kind of made it, you know, kind of, kind of adopted it as his own, and 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 even then, it's you know, and, and you may be able to relate. It's like you look at somebody that you you introduce to this activity, and when they kind of run with it and be, kind of mold it into something that they can call their own, and it's become part of their identity, you can't help but feel a little bit of pride. Yeah, you know. And, you know, but at the same time, you just, we have to stay humble. And, and, and as a male, and as I know as a Marine and, and me as a grunt, it's, it's one of those, that's one of the hardest things that we can do. You know, it's like, you see that, uh, the, that meme where you got that line of urinals and one dude's at the end and then you get this guy that comes into the picture and then he gets right next door to you and he, he leans over. He's like, 
I was in the Marine Corps, you know, or <laughs> I, I was in the infantry, you know, it's like, nobody cares, you know, yeah. <laughs> but we do. And so it, it's like Marines and, and infantrymen, especially Marine infantrymen, Army infantrymen, we, we, we walk around with this sense of bravado anyway. So it's kind of one of those we have to kind of deals. Yep. You know, otherwise you, you really have to turn in your man card and, <laughs> you know, but at the same time, it's like, you, you see a, a lot of, a lot of these types of activities spearheaded by people like you and I, and, and, and yeah, I mean, stereotypical, it's like, okay, well, this guy, look, he beat his head against the wall for X amount of number of years in his life and he's not physically he's paying for it. So what's he do? He starts a rucking program or he starts a, he starts a running club or. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, everything fair, hurts. So I'm going to yeah. go out and do, uh, do more physical activity. Exactly. Everything hurts. It's like I'm left-handed. So yep. everything on the right side of my body is tore up, like absolutely tore up. Cause you know, that's the side that you fall on whenever you do your combat roles. Yeah. And it's like, it, it, to me for the longest time, it like that never made sense. Like I'm a left-handed. Why isn't the left side of my body tore up? It's like, I blew up my right knee. I dislocated my right shoulder. I've dislocated my right hip. So, oh, you know, man. yeah. So, you know, and it's like, how, you know, it's like my body constantly hurts and you feel like those old men, like you, you just, you get up in the morning, you pour yourself a cup of good black rifle coffee. You go sit out on the, on the front porch. You want to yell at kids for staying, you know, stay off my lawn. It's like, since when did you become a sergeant major? And, <laughs> but we, we put all of that aside. We, we forget about the pain for a little bit. And, and it's almost like, it's almost like when you were a kid and you lost your tooth and you're sitting there tongue in that hole where your tooth used yep. to be. And it's like, that's that good kind of pain. And, and I think that that's the biggest part of it. I, I think that it's, it's esprit de corps motivation and, and just that sense of accomplishment. Yep. I think that that's the biggest, and 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 I think that that's not only the biggest, but I think that that is the uh, far and away the, the the most preferred drug out there, at least for me. Yep. Well, that's that's the other thing with that kind of stuff is when you actually exercise. It's like I have I've had like bad headaches for like a couple of years, and then I watched a podcast with Tim Kennedy, and he was telling us like just just go run around the block and everything and I hope it. I was like, when did that hurt? Well, I walked like six miles. And yeah. after I was done, it was clear. I, I didn't have a headache or anything. There, there's a lot of benefits of actually going out and working out that a exactly. lot of people don't understand. It's like my daughter saying she's having bad back problems. I was like, it's a little bit away. I can't believe you yeah. said that. Yeah. Yeah. It's true though. Yeah, Stop. exactly. Stop being afraid of the truth. Well, you know, it's somebody said at one point, and it's probably one of the truest statements of the world. You know, a comfortable life is the most horrible way to die. Oh. I mean, if you're if you're not out there pushing and trying to get better and being uncomfortable and pushing the comfort zone, I mean, I have I've got back problems as well. But you know, you kind of counterintuitive. I'm going to go put a ruck on my back and go go hike, and all of a sudden, my back feels better. Yeah. You know, you strengthen, strengthen all those muscles, you know, lose a little bit of weight. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, okay, I'm not such a turd. I feel a lot better. And you know, let's, let's move on. But yeah, yeah try, 
just being uncomfortable is, you know, always makes you better. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's bad enough that we've gotten to the age where we've introduced words into our lexicon like ointment and and heating pads. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's at the same time, we still have those words like the phrases like embrace the suck. Yep. And I mean, do we know that it's going to hurt afterwards? Do we know that we're going to physically pay for it and bitch and complain? Yeah, absolutely. But it's in it's 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 in that moment that you're able to grab something that that nobody else is able to grab a hold of and just run with it. And and then you you take that feeling, that sense of accomplishment and you introduce that back into the community. You say, "Look, there's a way for us to live like this again." Without yeah. actually having to worry about getting shot at or, you know, you don't have to look for piles of trash on the side of the road and stuff like that. And it's like, don't exactly. you know, we don't have to freak out about random people talking on their cell phones, things like that. Mm-hmm. And you, you give them, like you said, a safe space and, and or, or not necessarily a safe space, but more like a secure area. Yeah, or a, a I like that way yeah. better. Yeah, yeah secure like area. Yeah. So, I mean, we give them that secure area. And just say, all right, look, we can operate within within these confines. And yeah, while we're still pushing ourselves physically, we're still getting out there. You can do that with with a, with a sense of of just calm and peace, knowing that a other people are going through it too, and that unlike when you you know unlike how you felt after you got out there's going to more than likely well i say more than likely i mean there's going to be somebody that's going to answer that phone right because i tell everybody all the time and it's it's so cliche and you see it posted on social media all over the place but it's like i'd rather listen to you bitch and complain than have to attend your funeral right yeah and you know so and and i've told i've told friends of mine well i'm like i said look if i find out that you you know, don't expect me to show up at your funeral, you know, because at that point it's too late. I won't be able to say to you the things that I needed to say to you and, and, and vice versa. So it's like, we need to reach out to each other and, and, and providing that secure area for, you know, for our brethren. Exactly. Is, is paramountly far and away. Like that, that is so mission critical. Yeah, because without without that secure area, you know, the, the, you you can't you can't even go through the planning process. You can't issue that warning order before you get to the five paragraph. You know exactly. And and so it's like you can't define anything. You can't do anything until you have this. And so the fact that your program is out there and we've got programs like like the one that i'm involved with out here and we got programs like rally project and things like that um i think is well one you shouldn't have an excuse no i mean it's it's not an excuse but but the fact that we've got these resources available to us now i think i mean it 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 helps Uh, i mean so many different generations because we still have Vietnam veterans that that are out there, you know, killing yep. themselves. Yep. And you know, we've got the DAV, we've got the VFW, we've got the American Legion, and that's all fine. That's great. But a lot of those organizations are 
self-serving. And, and let's yeah. be honest, you know, it's not, let's not, not mince words here. They are, they're self-serving and they're, 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 they're about community as far as like educating the public on the, on right. how the veteran community behaves. You know, it's like, and to me, that's, that almost reinforces the stigma that, that comes with, you know, that comes built into the title veteran. You know, especially with nowadays, you know, you get all these these bro vets and all these woke vets that come out there and like, I've got PTSD, don't shoot your fireworks off or I'm crazy. I've got PTSD. It's like, no, we need to get away from that. Right. And, and, you know, it, while I live by the mantra, make America, make America offenses offensive again. I haven't had my coffee yet this morning. So but, you know, while I live by the mantra, make America offensive again to a certain point. Yeah, but at the same time, if we're expecting to be able to get a message across, especially to our our fellow you know veterans, we have to be able to practice that tact. It's not that we're tempering ourselves or filtering ourselves. We have to practice that tact. It's all it's it's almost like we have to recall that memory that that uh, that muscle memory that came with yep. uh, military bearing. Yep, and we need to be able to focus on ourselves. It's like, yeah, I mean, that seems selfish to me. It, it sounds selfish on the, on, on the surface, but if, you know, if we, we can get our, our men and women to the point where they're able to start dealing with their demons, start addressing those ghosts and taking ownership of that, then we can start helping them make that transition of, of, of being an, uh, of being an, uh, a tool or a resource for or a resource for outreach themselves. Right. And, and I think that that would go a long way towards, you know, preserving that American, uh, legacy. Uh, I mean, cause we see it enough as it is, especially in the mainstream media where they, they try to take that American identity and whitewash it. Oh, absolutely. And, and they, they try to downplay our sovereignty and things like that. You know, so we've got these men and women, that go out there and defend our communities, that go out there and defend our nation. But then they come home and they're not literally spit on like they were when the guys came home from Vietnam. But figuratively and through social media, I mean, it, it's almost the same thing. Yeah. And, and, and just like back then, a lot of our men and women, they feel like they don't have any recourse except to take themselves out of this world. Right. And... I, 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 and that's why I, I wholeheartedly believe in, in pro projects like Enduring Warrior. Uh, I wholeheartedly believe in, in getting out there and throwing a rock on your back. And I, I think that, I think that the benefits in the long run are just going to be completely and totally immeasurable. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And to wrap this up, uh, go ahead and tell us uh, what your next uh, couple of uh, events are, and we'll we'll put in a link to the website on both the uh, Facebook page and all the stuff that we have okay. of to your website. But uh, the, there's another event that we actually have in Wichita Falls called the Hotter Than Hell 100. And uh, that and sounds miserable. How do we well, get it's a, it's a it's a yeah it's a bike race uh, that they do every year. Yeah, um, I, I'm talking. Everybody in the world comes to it. Yeah, I oh, think wow. the last year, last year that we physically had it, which was 2019, um, they had over 100,000 bikers, uh, bicyclists here in town. No kidding. And uh, this yeah, year we doubled our town. Yeah, and th and this year, <laughs> yeah, 
this year um, we're, we're trying to see if we can get a ruck division set up like a ruck event set up in accordance with the hotter and hell like you know you don't want to ride your bike that you don't want you don't want to i mean we have people that do the 100 miles on rollerblades which i find oh incredible. wow well yeah i'm like yeah you go you do you but um you know if we can set up like a like a ruck division i mean we're going to try to approach that and see if we can pitch that idea to that committee and see if we can get go ruck to you know, like national, you know, recognize it and, and have them come in and help set it up. So, but yeah. Um, but yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to step over you. That's all right. Uh, go ahead and tell us all the events that you're coming up for this next month. Uh, well, we've got, uh, let's see. I know we've got a couple of Spartan races coming up. We've got, uh, uh, we're getting ready for the uh, Pennsylvania total archery challenge. We've got, Oh goodness. I think we just did the, uh, was it the hard, hard rock or uh yeah we just finished another ultra marathon here not too long ago so a lot of a lot of stuff coming up i'll share some links with you okay. uh, stuff keeps changing obviously it's all uh focused around what what our honorees want to do and uh you know how we empower them so there's a bunch of stuff coming up we got a calendar on our website that uh that shows where we're going to be uh if any of your listeners are in the area or want to want to come out and join us see what we're about we'd love to have them you know, that's, uh, it's a lot of fun. We're, uh, you know, great family organization. You know, we try and we try and take care of everybody from not only our honor, honorees, but our families and our volunteers. And, you know, I, I affectionately tell everybody that you all belong to me and you're all part of my family. And, and, uh, you know, that's Kyle, I'm one of those, I'm one of those people that you just give me some food and a nice spot to sleep and I can pitch a tent. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, you, you provide me with enough amenities. I'll even let you claim me on your taxes. But... <laughs> hey, now we're talking. <laughs> I need more dependents. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've got like what? 400 and something, 400 and something of them living in Washington, but we can't claim those guys. So yeah, no, no, absolutely not. <laughs> All right, buddy. Uh, we're going to go ahead and end this. Uh, this is J Johnny Skeleton, David Dickerman. And thank you, uh, Troy Warshell, to coming on here and talking about Operation Enduring Freedom. Thank you very much. Goodbye. All right. We'll just stop. I appreciate that.